0: Welcome to the Point Heads podcast, the practical guide for the casual reward traveler. In this pilot episode, we start the process converting Charlie from travel reward beginner to Point Heads expert. We discuss common questions people have when entering the points and miles world and the two crucial elements needed to maximize rewards.
1: Nice sunny day.
0: It's good. <laughs> nice. We uh, cannot say the same in Chicago. Like cold and windy? <laughs> we've uh, yeah, it's it's cold and windy, but we have snow so that brightens things up a little bit, makes it look like it's sunny. That's good. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we'll get right into it with the goal of this podcast is that we want to take listeners through the introductory process of rewards programs. We know there's lots of blogs out there, lots of podcasts that are going through the points and miles system and how it works but the one thing that we've found uh, going through it for the last year now is that it's very hard to get into it and figure out, you know, it's kind of overwhelming when you look at all the information that's out there and what do you actually need to do to be successful with this points and miles game. So that's where this podcast comes in. So I want to ask you, Charlie, what's your experience up until now with uh, using points and miles and taking advantage of reward programs that are out there?
1: Yeah. So I'm, Very much beginner. I think the only thing I've done up to this point is I did get a Chase Sapphire card, um, which rewards you with travel miles, but I've done pretty much zero optimization in terms of like even using those points. So I've accumulated points on the card, but I haven't really actually used it or applied it to kind of get savings for travels. Like I would say, I'm a very beginner, like novice, have done no diving into the actual like taking advantage of deals, but just so you, using those points. Yeah, they so
0: haven't actually used the points yet. You just see them sitting there on your
1: account. I've used them some, cause so I've had this credit card for like maybe five years. So I've, I've okay. had enough where I've paid for um, flights, but I don't think I've never really optimized it for finding specific flights that have good point values that like translate into better deals than like essentially using cash. Gotcha.
0: So we got into this about a year ago. Our vacations were getting pretty expensive with our extra kids and through word of mouth, With friends and family, we realized that we could be utilizing rewards programs to help out with those extra costs. So we started reading blogs and listening to podcasts and we just got overwhelmed. There's so much information out there, getting started guides all over the place. And it was really just paralysis by analysis. We didn't know where to get started, even though the getting started guides were pretty straightforward. We didn't know how they could fit into what we wanted to do. And what got us over the hump was there was a podcast called Making a Points Millionaire. Shout out to H.J. Preller, if you're listening to this. In that podcast, the premise was that they were going to take someone who was an extreme beginner and H.J. was very experienced and he walked through step by step how you can go through the process and explain the how and the why in simple terms that we could relate to and understand how we could actually achieve our goals So as they walked through it, we realized we didn't have to do everything perfectly to get a lot of benefit out of it. So now that it's been a year while we've been doing this, we hit a lot of stumbling blocks along the way. So we realized you don't have to do everything perfectly to get a lot of benefit, but it does take a lot of time to figure things out and make everything work. And rewards programs obviously are a big business. They can't make it easy for you to use your points once you have them or else they would be losing money off of it. So what we want to do with point heads is we want to provide services, making it more efficient and simpler to maximize the benefits of rewards programs. So all the stumbling blocks that we had over the year, you know, we created some tools that would help us avoid those stumbling blocks. And we found some, you know, how to's and lesson learns that we're going to make sure that we don't do that again in the future. And we want to be able to share that with other people so that everyone, not just the people That are doing this as a full time hobby can travel frequently and affordably and understand that these rewards programs out there can be really lucrative to people. So, how this podcast is actually going to work is we are going to transform Charlie from the beginner, as he said, into an expert over uh, these series of episodes. And continuing on our journey while we're a year in, uh, we wouldn't consider ourselves experts yet, but we're going to kind of use our two experiences and be able to look at what tools do we find that makes life easier? What lessons do we learn along the way? And then as we kind of progress through it, we're going to bring in other guests in different episodes to show the different perspectives and different ways that you can benefit from the points of miles game. So Charlie, how do you feel about being the guinea pig in this process?
1: It sounds great to me. Like I want to travel. I want to do this more. It's been on the bucket list for me and my wife to kind of travel more. So getting kind of your experience and being able to dive into that would be, I, yeah, I'm very excited for it. <laughs> cool. So let me ask you just to get started. What is it that
0: you've had this Chase Sapphire card for five years? How did you decide to get this card and what has prevented you from actually utilizing it more and understanding, you know, what potential benefits you could get from it
1: so i got it originally because actually i got it even before thinking about like the like points or kind of airline miles i got it just for the travel rewards i i'd met some people who essentially did a lot of traveling and they it was like word of mouth they recommended chase sapphire is a good card and actually I, i probably did a lot of like not optimal things like i don't even think i when i got it took advantage of that kind of like early reward where you spend a certain amount of money to kind of receive the kind of like large bonus points or i know generally with credit cards it's like you have a three-month period to spend x amount of dollars and then you get some large reward from that so i got it back then just being really naive and knowing that i wanted travel rewards and now looking back at it i'm like one of my questions is i think i might have dropped the ball on the chase sapphire card maybe the right move is to like open up a new card like the like I know a capital venture card or something, some other card that might have perks that I could kind of leverage more effectively.
0: Yeah, interesting. So that's where we kind of were in that same boat roughly five years ago when we started applying for credit cards. And really what we were looking at was just we wanted the cash back. Like we were at a point in our lives where the cash was the most important thing. We wanted you know, as much off as we could in every purchase and we wanted to be able to reinvest that into... Just basically saying, okay, this 2.5% off my purchase today. So I'm going to get that money back and I'm going to pay my bills with it. So we weren't even in the point where we were thinking about using it for travel. But it, it seems like that's where kind of everyone starts off is just they hear word of mouth. And they know just enough that they should sign up for a credit card, but they don't really understand how to take advantage of it. For instance, you know, if you read any of the blogs out there and the getting started guys, they'll all recommend starting with the Chase Sapphire, either the reserve or the preferred, just because the Chase points are so valuable and that you can transfer them to a bunch of different airlines and you can transfer them to a bunch of different hotel programs. And you can also just use them directly in the Chase portals to pay for stuff. To me, um, you know, just getting started, we would say you've got the best credit card out there. And the reason why the consensus is that the Chase Sapphire cards are the best to start with is because once you have the Chase Sapphire card, the other cards that they offer that are no annual fee cash back cards can actually be transferred into Chase Ultimate Rewards Points into your Chase Sapphire account. So for instance, you've got the Chase Sapphire Preferred. If it makes sense based on your goals to get more Ultimate Rewards Points, you can sign up for a no annual fee cash back card. And all of a sudden that $200 bonus that you get for hitting the minimum spend in three months can be converted into 20,000 chase ultimate reward points. And it's a no annual no fee card. And you get all the cash back along the way. It can also be continuously transferred into the ultimate reward points. So depending on what we decide your goals are, if ultimate rewards
1: program is part of that, then maybe that's the route we want to go. That interesting. I wonder, I guess the other thing that pops in my mind is, um, I guess, I don't know much about points, but one thing that I'm worried about is are points transient? So if I do like a sign up bonus and kind of like sign up for my Chase uh, Sapphire Preferred and I do the kind of requirements to get the 60,000 points, are those 60,000 points that are sitting in my account like if I end up like for example we've got COVID now and we can't really travel, are those points like permanently in my account or do I need to worry about those points kind of disappearing over time? So what happens is as long as you have the credit
0: card open, those points will stay available with specifically with Chase Um, and every rewards program has slightly different things. But generally, as long as your credit card is open, the points that you have from that credit card will never expire for the credit cards that are like attached to a frequent flyer program or a hotel program. They get transferred to your frequent flyer or your hotel account immediately. And then you're up to the terms of those. So like United just updated their policy over the last year that their points will never expire. So you're good with those points as long as you keep your United frequent flyer account open with a lot of the hotel chains, they'll expire 12 or 24 months after non-use. So as long as you have some way either using the points or earning more points for that program, then they'll stay active but you have to understand depending on what the rewards program are when those points will expire and that kind of brings me up to the first point i wanted to bring up is people that are getting started in this that really want to take advantage of organization is the main key and what as you just brought up one of the things that you need to be able to track and monitor is what rewards do you actually have at any given moment and when are they going to expire and potentially just having them visible so that, you know, when do I have enough points that I can actually do stuff with them? So for us, the biggest thing that helped us stay organized was a service called award wallet. The great thing about award wallet is it's a website that you can log in and you can put in all the different reward programs that you have. And you can put your credentials. I like Award Wallet because you don't have to store your credentials in Award Wallet. You can store it locally on your computer so that when you sign into Award Wallet, they're not actually capable of doing anything with your account. Uh, so it's kind of an extra layer of security. Um, but Award Wallet has been great for us. One of the big things that we got just immediately from Award Wallet is as we were looking through the list of what award programs they were supporting, we saw, oh, Southwest. Yeah, we've flown Southwest in the past. Let's figure out. Wh- you know, what our account with Southwest was and put it in there. And we found out, Hey, we've got a bunch of points. We have enough points to fly round trip to Dallas. And so we booked a trip to Dallas, just understanding that, Hey, we had a bunch of points sitting there that we didn't even know about And award while it was great, just helping us realize that we had, you know, sitting around in all these different frequent flyer programs and hotel programs, we had roughly $2,000 of value that we never even considered just because, you know, we were never really paying attention when we stayed at a Hilton or we flew on a United tracking that, okay, we put in our frequent flyer at that time, but we never really remembered, hey, we should do something with those points. Uh, so yeah, that's the, the number one thing I would say is just, use something and I would recommend Award Wallet. There's a free tier and there's a paid tier depending on how much you want it, but they'll send you notifications and say, hey, these points are about to expire in three months.
1: Interesting. That actually sounds like a really good place to start for me because I think I'm in the same situation. I've got a lot of accounts that are all, like I know I've flown Delta a lot and I have no idea what I, like how many miles I have for uh, Delta and stuff. When expirations come up, is there a way, like you've mentioned it earlier, about like being able to essentially transfer points from like one domain to another. Is that a way of dealing with, so I imagine you can either spend points, but is there a way of kind of like transferring your points between things to kind of keep them alive?
0: Yeah, so that's the, the other piece of the puzzle is just understanding in the rewards programs that you have, what is it that makes them extend that expiration? It really boils down to either you use points or you earn points. So your points balance changes and to some extent, and there's a bunch of different ways that you can earn. You can either transfer points between accounts. I should say that not every rewards program would consider that earning, depending on how you make the transfer. But you know, there's, there's shopping portals, there's dining programs that you can sign up for. And when you go out to eat, just using your credit card will give you some value onto a rewards program. Obviously, flying or staying at a hotel, using a credit card that's attached to one of those programs, or just buying something with those points, they were going to expire and you had no other option. You could go buy a lot of times they'll offer a gift card or something. And it's not a great valuation, but if it's compared to either using those points or just not having them anymore, then I'd rather have the gift card than nothing. And now the caveat is that as you're earning these points, the other thing, so first stay organized. The second thing is understanding what you intend to use the points for. As you read a lot of these getting started guides, they'll call it earn and burn. You need to earn and burn because the longer you keep these uh, points in your account, especially now with COVID, a lot of people are nervous that as uh, you know, everyone's accumulating points right now, no one can really spend too many points. And those points are really a lot of risk on the books of these companies because they've already shelled out the money to give those points. And so as people redeem them, they're not getting any more value from them. So You know, a lot. the points helped a lot of these airlines really stay in business because they were just, you know, they can sell the points to credit card companies. They can sell the points to people. They were giving out these buy one, get one free, basically points to everyone and just saying, please give us your money because we know you can't fly with us, but you can collect your points. But now everyone has these points. At some point, they're going to say, we have too many points out there. We need to make them less valuable. And so that's the thing to be aware of. So the longer you keep the points in your account, so the points that you had five years ago were probably could have gotten you a lot more than they could today. But if you're only keeping them for a couple months at a time and then redeeming them for the trip that you were planning on, then they become more valuable that way.
1: That makes sense. Yeah, Yeah, I'm trying to think. Yeah, so earn and burn, I guess from my perspective, like I know that uh, me and my wife would like to do more small trips. And I don't know, actually, this is, I guess, another point I'd be interested in is like, so you have points, you're organized, you see all your kind of different reward programs. I guess the other missing link is like, how do you find, like I I read online, there's certain conditions that can be met where, let's say I want to get a flight and the point total required to pay for that flight is significantly less from a, like if you were to kind of take the monetary value of these points compared to the monetary cost of just paying cash directly for a flight, you can find certain conditions where like the points are significantly cheaper. It's like paying $500 worth of points instead of $2,000 in like US dollars to get a flight. How do you go about usually like finding, I guess, finding these opportunities? I know I've used like kayak.com and stuff like, and you've got a bunch of options for flights and you've got hotels. I'm just curious, like what your strategy has been in terms of like, if you pick a destination, how do you (laughs) find necessarily those good deals? Yeah.
0: So I think kind of going into what we want point heads to provide is we want to be able to provide services that you can understand how much should you expect to get out of this, these points that you have. Uh, so for us, when we had Chase Sapphire points and we were looking at using it, taking a United flight, we wanted to understand, okay, people understand when they have Chase Sapphire points, they should expect to get this much value from them. And we would look at all those recommendations and then kind of figure out, okay, here's what our number is. So our number is, you know, some people will say they're up to two point or two cents per point. And some people will say it's down to one cent per point and usually somewhere in between depending on what website you're looking at and how they decide what their valuations are and so we would kind of take those into consideration and say here's what we expect to use them for so here's the value we expect to get out and so we expect you know 1.7 then we look at the flights on kayak and we'd say okay we can fly on united for 400 or we could buy it with the award value of maybe uh, i don't want to say any number right now because i won't get the math right no but maybe the equivalent when you multiply that those points by 1.7 cents, then maybe it comes out to $350. And then that's an indication that, okay, the points are cheaper right now compared to what we expected the point value to be. So let's use our points. Or in some cases it was, you know, the points weren't a good value and it was $500 if we used our points, but it was only because of, especially in this COVID world, when the flights are so cheap, maybe it's only $300 for the flight. Maybe it's not a great time for us to use the points. Maybe let's hold them in our pocket for a little bit longer and see, you know, maybe we can use them for the next trip and we'll just pay cash for this one or potentially uh, don't take United, look for a different option. Generally, we would search online and we'd find some blog post by somebody that would kind of say, if this is where you're looking to go, here's the best airlines to take. Uh, So funny story for us. Uh, was we wanted to go to Hawaii last year and we had a bunch of United points or, and a bunch of Chase points built up. And at the same time that we were looking to book everything for Hawaii, it just happened that the points guy put out like a guide to going to Hawaii and using award points. And we're like, this is perfect. So we looked through everything and his recommendation was go through Singapore Airlines because you can take a United point, book it through Singapore so it's still United when you get on the flight but it's through Singapore airlines and you can transfer from chase to Singapore and it'll be super cheap. Everything's great. So we followed the guide exactly how to do it. And we called Singapore airlines and said, Hey, here's the flight that we want. We want to book it. We can transfer the points. Can you confirm that it's available? And she was a super sweet lady. And her response was, okay, what are your passport numbers? And we're like, why do we need passport numbers? It's a, it's a domestic flight. And she was like, well, if you're booking on, Singapore airlines, you need a passport. We're like our two-year-old kid at the time does not have a passport. It was something that we weren't even expecting to happen. And it was just like completely blew up our plan. And we had to come up with a brand new plan. Okay. We can't use any international airlines (laughs) to book this thing. We need to go domestic with United or American or Alaskan if we wanted to do this with award values. (laughs) So, uh, you know, it's little things like those. And it's like, we spent so much time figuring out what was the right plan. And then just a little thing like, oh, we need a passport. There's a bunch of these little nuances that can potentially get in the way, but but yeah, there's lots of good resources out there to give you the general idea of what the best approach is.
1: That's interesting. Yeah, I wouldn't have ever thought about having needing like uh, passports for a domestic flight. <laughs> that's that's tough. Do you, do you have like, so that one sounds pretty like sophisticated, like having to transfer points from Chase to Singapore Airlines and then call and get the flight. Have you found like, what's the, for some of your trips, like does it have to be complicated or do you have relatively more straightforward paths of maybe using like a, a couple hotel Rewards. I'm just curious, how complicated usually is it to kind of achieve like a good value proposition? I guess from using yeah, point
0: So the the Hawaii ended up being complicated uh, mostly because it was a little bit more last minute. Um, and then once COVID blew everything up and we had to reset, once we started planning for this year, we we were able to have a lot more success. So we had more time to plan in advance. We turned that Hawaii trip and all the points that we plan on using for it into a trip to Cabo. And so we booked a Hilton hotel in Cabo. It was very simple to use the rewards points. We had plenty of points because we were planning on using them in Hawaii. And then looking at flights, there were not great flight options for round trip, but we found two really good flight options for one way. And so we ended up going to Cabo on United uh, using some of the credits from the flight that we ended up buying to go to Hawaii. And then on the way home, we found a great deal on British airlines that was definitely the cheapest points available. And that one, it just so happened at the time that Chase was offering a 30% bonus and it was just completely locked from our point that we didn't, you know, we didn't plan on doing it. It just happened to be the 30 point bonus at the time. So instead of, I think it was 40,000 points for the four of us to fly home. And instead of having to transfer 40,000, we only had to transfer 30,000 and we got enough points with the 30% bonus that once it hit British airlines, it hit British airlines within a couple minutes and we're able to book the flight and use the points immediately. And it was, it was a very smooth transition, but yeah, it was a very seamless experience. So we've had kind of the best of both worlds where we've had the really terrible experience where we're just not sure what we're doing and just kept screwing things up. And then we've had the seamless experience where once we felt a little bit more comfortable, we knew okay, this is where we're going with Hilton, we've got these credits, we're going up here with United, but
1: we wanna use points when we can, so we're gonna fly back with British Airlines. That, that actually helps me a bit <laughs> in terms yeah. of just like uh, not feeling too overwhelmed on it. It sounds, so I get the impression that like if you, like Chase sounds like a really good program because it sounds like the points are very transferable. So if you kind of accumulate, do a good job of kind of accumulating points on Chase, that, I don't know, I, am I getting it right? Where like if you have enough points on Chase, I could theoretically like come up with a vacation plan maybe like a month out. And then I guess where I'm going with this is do you have to plan really far out to necessarily take advantage of this program? Or can you kind of just have a general method of kind of accumulating points? And then when you want to travel, maybe three weeks out or four weeks out, you can kind of plan it, kind of optimize that way.
0: So I think there's really two ways that you can end up doing it. There's uh, the first way would be That you want to have the vacation exactly perfect, in which case you generally need to plan those really far in advance because you need to get the award availability. And potentially, you know, if other people are looking at that, if it's a spring break trip or whatever, you know, Christmas trip, then those award spaces will fill up fast. And there's only so many of them available in the hotels or on the flights. And so if you're not the first one to book it, it's never coming back. Because those are generally, well, now with COVID, everything can be canceled and rebooked without fees. But generally, you can't do that as easily. So once you book it, you're not going to cancel them, really. On the other hand, there's a lot of opportunities for just spontaneous travel. And so if you're looking out a month in advance and you're not exactly set on dates or you're not exactly set on exactly how you want to get there, you're not exactly set on exactly where you want to go even there's tons of opportunities where, you know, there's these flights available that just don't happen to be booked, but it might not be exactly the flight that you want. And so I think, you know, those are the two ways that you can approach the points and miles games. Either you have some points, you have an idea that you want to go on vacation around this time, but you're kind of more flexible and just kind of take what's available and you can go on some pretty cool trips. Uh, For instance, we just booked a trip to Phoenix. Because we had, again, with COVID cancellations from last year, we had a bunch of Frontier vouchers and they were expiring in the new year. And we we're like, okay, we'll just go we'll wait until the last minute. And then we'll look and see whatever we can afford at the time. And we'll see what hotel credits we have available. And we'll just book wherever, whatever city we end up in at the time. And so we, we ended up booking a trip to Phoenix, a trip to Denver, and a trip to Miami, Florida with the credits that we were supposed to go to Disney World with last year. But there were, you know, all those things we were just like, you know, we're just going to be spontaneous. Hopefully COVID doesn't blow up these plans like that did last year. Um, But we had, you know, we had already spent the money. We had the credits available. We didn't really care at this point, sitting at home for the last 11 months. We don't care where we go anymore. We just want to go somewhere and take the kids out and let them have a good time running around wherever we end up. Cool.
1: Yeah, that actually... I like that, like being kind of flexible. And I I feel like maybe especially with COVID, like just being able to kind of be more spontaneous with uh, planning and travel sounds really great.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, it's definitely, it's probably part of your personality too. If you're the personality where things have to be perfect, then you definitely need to plan in advance and make sure that you can get the award space. And then you obviously need to have those awards way in advance. Um, If you're more of kind of the, laid back type B person, maybe the spontaneous is a little bit more thrilling for you and you don't need, um, for us, it's kind of a balance in between. So the Cabo trip was one that we planned way in advance. And then these shorter trips with the frontier credits are ones that,
1: uh, we were just kind of wanting to be more spontaneous with and just end up where we end up. So do you have a lot of like, in, I guess in your portfolio now, do you have like quite a few airlines then like airlines and, um, hotel lines, or do you, is it kind of focused?
0: We have... A ton. So uh, not, not that we're using a ton, but just thinking about all the places that we've stayed and all the places that have said, hey, sign up for our program when we stayed there. Some of them we'll probably never use, but we just signed up for all of them just in case. So we've got everything <laughs> kind of saved in Award Wallet. And I'll say, you know, one more plug, because we have all of these different accounts, we definitely want to be able to keep them secure. And we've been using LastPass to do that. So LastPass has been a great tool for us just to not have to remember all those passwords, but they advertise themselves as the last password you ever have to remember. So you have one key password, they encrypt everything onto their servers, and then they use uh, public and private keys based on hashing with your password uh, to be able to bring those down to your client side and give you all the credentials that you need to sign into all these different accounts. (laughs)
1: <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, actually, me we, we've been using uh, LastPass too. And it's been fantastic, even with just like uh, all your like financial accounts and any online account that you have. One thing I really like about it is because you have the LastPass manager, you can have like really long passwords for all of your accounts. You can have like 64 characters. And it doesn't really hurt you at all because... Uh, you, you don't have to remember it, yeah, but that's, absolutely. that's a call
0: out. Yeah. yeah, the one that drives me nuts is when I, I use the, you know, it has that default password generator and I put it in and it says your password is too long. Our limit is 12 characters. And it's like, what kind of website yep. has a limit on your password length?
1: And sometimes they have ones that are like specific, they only allow specific symbols. And it's like, what, why can't I use an <laughs> underscore but I can use everything else? <laughs> yeah, so whenever that happens, you got to look at that website and say, maybe they're not
0: uh, being <laughs> so secure <laughs> with how they're storing my password.
1: <laughs> I feel the same way. Yeah, whenever I run into that situation of like only 12 characters, it's it like, ah, seems like so few. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. So it sounds like the next step for me from this conversation is I'd like to set up a word wallet and just see where I'm at in terms of, uh, um, yeah, definitely. What my reward miles are. Imagine we must have some miles stacked up. <laughs> yeah, that, definitely. We're just kind of like killing time.
0: Yeah. So definitely get to, get on a reward wallet. Uh, if you like a wallet or some spreadsheet or any other service award wallet, in my opinion is the best and the safest figure out how many points you have. And then number two is set up a goal. Where, do, where do you want to go? assuming COVID doesn't blow everything up again, where what would you want to do with those points? And then once you have kind of those two, what points do I have and what do I want to do with them? Then we can set up a game plan of how do you get the points that you need to do what you want to do?
1: Yeah, that sounds good. I guess one last question, and it's just off on a tangent, but does do you know if like Airbnb plays, do they have a point system or is it mainly just kind of traditional hotel chains?
0: As far as I know, they don't have any formal system yet. But in terms of, Uh, how you could take advantage of Airbnb, there's a bunch of different options. And we've been talking a lot about Chase, but there's other credit card companies out there that have these kind of transferable points, reward systems. You mentioned Capital One in the very beginning. Amex is another one. And Citi are probably the big four at this point. And Capital One is the most unique in that their miles, as they call them, are really they have some transfer partners, but really the main thing for them is that anything travel related you can use to offset. So if you were staying at Airbnb a lot, maybe then Capital One is something that you'd be most interested in because you can just use those miles. Every time you purchase something on your Capital One card, you use the miles to offset every time you want to do something like that.
1: Ah, cool. And I think that I think I might've seen it a little bit. It's like the Capital One Venture Card or something, or, or yeah. I can look it up. But yeah, they, they got a
0: couple of them. They've got some cashback options now and they've got some miles options. The, the main point of the story is that there's a credit card out there for everyone, depending on what your goals are. So the number one thing is figure out what those goals are and then you can figure out what credit card there is that helps you maximize those goals.
1: Gotcha, Okay. Cool. I'll put goals on the list too. Cool. <laughs> to look at. Awesome. That makes so, sense. Probably makes having an idea of what you want to do first is probably number one. Yeah. The,
0: the thing that that uh, has kind of hurt us a little bit this year is that we had a bunch of goals on where we want to go last year. We wanted to take a trip to Vienna. We wanted to take our trip to Hawaii and you know 2020 was going to be our big travel year. So we racked up these points and then COVID came. And now we have all these points and we don't really have a goal anymore because everything got blown up and we don't know when it's going to come back. So now we're kind of more in the spontaneous aspect of, we've got a bunch of points, let's just use them and have some fun whenever we're allowed to go outside again.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I like that. I like that you are taking advantage of it. That's good. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, so you've got uh, your homework and next episode, we'll check in and see how it's going and continue on with this journey from beginner to expert. And hopefully by the end of this series, we are both enjoying and doing what we want to do with our lives and using rewards programs to help it make it happen. So everyone out there, thank you for listening to our first ever episode with Point Heads Podcast. We look forward to taking this journey with you as you follow along. If you can't wait until the next episode, you can read more material at pointheads.com and follow pointheads on Twitter. Everything discussed here is the sole opinion of Mark and Charlie. We are not receiving compensation for any of the products or ideas mentioned in this podcast.